0: Welcome back to Edinburgh for this, a special coaching edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I was fortunate enough to spend a day with the Scotland men's team last week, getting the lowdown on training, skills and strategy, and a little later on we'll hear from a number of the players about what goes on behind the scenes of the national side. First though, to the men at the helm, men's head coach Shane Berger and assistant coach Grant Morgan, who met up with me to offer a little more insight into the philosophy behind what they do. As we heard on the last podcast, their association stretches back to Shane's playing days in South Africa, and I began by asking them exactly how that relationship translated to their work with Scotland.
1: Well, I know my role because uh, Shane defined that really clearly to me, and um, my role is to come in and and fit in as I have before uh, with Shane in terms of our relationship. The relationship might have been on a different level in terms of the roles were in in. in reversed and uh, and in a in a different way um that's now gone um and um we rely on the relationship uh, which is cemented for years and quite easy for me to 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 fill that role and shane wants me to challenge him to come in with ideas and um and to be the sounding board um which which i try to do on a daily basis and um you know, I will do anything for Shane in terms of executing my role uh, and my the defi- the defined things Shane wants me to do. But the beautiful thing is that I won't stop uh, at any stage to to challenge Shane with thought patterns that that he would want me to, so that we keep um, shifting the bar um, in terms of what we try tried- we try to do with cricket teams. And this is the third team we're working with together, and um, I would say the last two have been have been really successful stints that we had. So. I find it a seamless, um, a seamless journey and destination, and uh, and an easy role to fulfil because of, of my relationship and respect for Shane and the 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 the, the, the close relationship we've built up in sport uh, and and personally over the last eighteen to twenty years. I think it's simple from my side. The relationship's built on trust. Um, it's built
2: on a, a probably a friendship that's formed over many many years. It was first a, a coach-player relationship where I, I took a lot of advice on board and and Morgs personally helped me a lot with my game and, and was there as a sounding board and, and as a real sort of backing in my personal game and my development and then it's over the latter years it's shifted more into a coaching role and and we we truly do enjoy working with one another we've always found that we we probably have an a, an, a kind of incredible ability to play sort of the Jekyll and Hyde sort of roles at times and and able to you know the things that Grant might might mention I'm I'm able to to not mention at times and then vice versa, you know, whenever, whenever it's been required. So as a head coach and assistant coach relationship, I think it's crucial to, to not only have trust but an understanding of what we're trying to get out of the players, knowing what a player needs and wants at various times, understanding how high performance works and that players are not always going to be in a good space and maybe it's not always down to technique but also, you know, the mental side of the game and because we both not only played the game but coached at high levels now, we understand that, so hopefully we can bring that element into Scottish cricket and um and, and, and you know, you we're sitting in our in our lounge here where we, we talk cricket pretty pretty much to all hours of the evening, you know, it's not just done at work, you know. So so I'm able to filter whatever Morgues might be telling me and I think together we do that pretty well. So we're able to really give the players um, as much as we possibly can from ourselves. Yeah, it's it's interesting talking about the, the
0: relationship kind of on the, on the level that you're at I, I guess it kind of permeates uh, everywhere I mean I'm a, a, a teacher in my in my other my other life um, and I've always said that that job is about two things about the learning and relationships that you can't have the first without the other being strong um, does that ring true in the the coaching environment as well in the high performance environment that it's all about the relationships that you're building up um, at all levels of, of what you're doing
2: Definitely, I think uh, you know. I mentioned previously that it's not always down to technique. You know, it's not always a technical problem that you might have. You know, the, in in high level sport and international sport, there's often a lot of other stuff that's going on, a lot of other distractions that we have to deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I think we we do that pretty well. But I think from a playing side of things, you always need a little bit of support and guidance in that. And and, and I think Grant and I always always see it as being uh, more of a holistic approach with the players, and and that requires them to also trust us and buy into what we're trying to do with them and I think we've always managed to strike the balance between that but if if it is a technical error you know we're not scared to jump in and and also help in on that front you know we're both very versatile coaches in terms of skill sets and what we can provide you know I was an all-rounder um, a a batting uh, you know i batted right-handed and bold seam and I'm able to bring all those aspects into the game but Grant's able to bring not only you know batting and wicket keeping, but that doesn't mean Grant can't cover bowling because he kept to some very good bowlers in his time. So, mm-hmm. so he's able to also bring that aspect of, of coaching.
1: I think to add there too are both you know, it is about the human being. Um, you know, people wake up in the morning and they've got a host of challenges. You know, first uh, for a Scottish cricketer, you know, you've got to first get to, get your destination. You know, mm-hmm. some might take trains, some might take cars. You know some might leave wives behind some might um leave parents behind um and then and then you've got to get through your day uh, in a set of circumstances that may not be faced by, by by south african cricketers for instance where we last worked and we have worked in other countries too but you know you might be shifting from one indoor center to another um there might be a lot going on in your life so shane and i look at the individual and we we look at uh, most of our discussion is about the mood of the player you know the technical things will come up, and and we will definitely um um jump uh, at each other and, and 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 jump to 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 discussions where we will go into detail there. But it's more about the individual and and how we can best um set him up. Another thing that we that we do also have is is the leadership. You know we were both captains, so we both in our careers had to understand uh, um players and understand the team dynamics and how to get the best out of each player. So. Um, it is easier for us to continue that in the roles we have now as coaches, having had those leadership um, responsibilities during our careers. So hopefully we also pay quite a lot of attention to that. But the moral of the story is it's all about the human being and getting the best out of him. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that yeah. um, yeah.
0: it, 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 I guess for many people, a coach is, is something that is quite prescriptive. You know, someone who's telling you if you do X, you will achieve Y. Whereas, it's about so much more than that.
2: Yeah, I think you know, in, in my day, I, I remember learning a lot of uh, my cricket from, from senior players. You know, I think the role of the coach has changed quite a lot over the last few years. You know, we, we now live in an environment where it's quite, it's quite coach-dependent, so the, the players are relying a lot on the coaches and the other support staff to give them information that they can use in, in whatever way they might see fit. And then it's our job to intervene and, and make interventions that we believe will make that player ultimately better. You know, that that's the role of the coach. I think um, once the players cross the rope and they get on the field it's you know, we we then requiring them to we transfer it over the ownership onto them to then go out and perform and we know they wear the thistle with pride and they've got to go out and perform and put performances in not only from a individual point of view, but as a team, you know. So so that's the ownership that's passed on to the team then and, and that's obviously led by the leadership core, alongside Carl quitzer who's the captain you know he he takes the, the thinking off the field onto the field and that's and the relationship with with the leadership core is, is huge and i think that's where the interventions from the coach into the leadership core into the actual team ethics is really really important you know that's that so from my side those those would be the real sort of key aspects in in coaching and of course last week when i uh, when i was there mark robinson
0: the former england women's coach was was there too? Spent three days in Edinburgh uh, last week working with yourselves on the and the squad. How was that uh, that experience? What was Mark bringing in to the setup?
2: Yeah, just I mean just just from my side, and uh, I want to uh, before I speak about Mark himself and the individual and the character that he is. Um, I just want to say that you know both Grant and myself are quite we're quite open to to allowing people to come into the environment because we believe that it's it's healthy when other people can come into an environment and. It's not only another set of eyes, but it's another set of ears. It's another set of hands that can help and assist wherever required. And quite often, a different voice might just say the very things that you might be saying, but they might say it in a different way, or because that individual might have different credentials. You know, the players might listen to them um, in a different sort of way. So, so we're both very open to having people coming into the environment. I think, it, you know, it really does provide, um, you know, some healthy, um, you know. Looking into our environments and seeing what we're doing, but then, you know, just to touch on Mark and what he brought over those three days. You know, Mark is a is a very, you know, highly skilled and successful coach. Um, he's he's not only been successful with the women's team um, in terms of winning a World Cup, but he's 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 done various other things, and he's, you know, he's also an OBE, so he's he's a very highly um, respected individual. And and what Mark, Mark brought into our environment was as as not only another set of eyes, but someone that is highly regarded and highly respected. Um, and I think he, he really enjoyed being in our environment for two or three days, and, and I think he would have got a lot out of that, and really nice to see the sort of positive feedback he's given us. Um, but again, you know, you can't, you can't get a, a grip of an environment over two, three days. It does often take a lot, a lot more time to really understand an environment, but it was great having Mark around for
1: those three days. You know, sometimes as a coach you need um, someone to come in and validate maybe what you're doing, or give you an opinion Uh, of a player so we spend most of our times maybe asking him what do you see there it's very interesting when when there's a there's a meeting of minds and there's a mutual um kind of like um how can you put it he agrees on 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 what we saw which then validates certain things And, and that validation for a coach is good because as much as he brings new ideas which are great or he might throw something in there Mark, being the guy that he was, wouldn't be scared to do that. But any coach entering another environment won't just take over that environment. Mm. He'll respect it. And um, depending on the feeling he gets, which I know you've got a good one, he'll then open up and maybe do a little bit more. I think what he did this time was validate certain things because of questions that we asked and things that he maybe came to us with. And it's also, as a coach, good to have a sounding board so that when you just need to... To kind of like ask questions where uh, you get an opinion and then you see where that sits within your, your plan and your framework and then it kind of like just gives you that extra impetus and it's nice to have that. We all like a pat on the back and we all like to be challenged and either one of those two uh, things uh, happen during the time and that just allows one to to really cement your thought processes and to... And to move forward with confidence, you know, and 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 that that's exactly what Mark was. He was fantastic. So last Wednesday, I caught a word with Mark
0: as well as strength and conditioning coach Nick Karamousis to get their impressions of the Scotland team. And Mark began by giving me a little bit of a background to his time in Edinburgh.
3: Well, I know Gus used to be the chief Executive at Sussex when I was head coach there, so um, he's obviously a. I'm in between roles as such, so I'm doing a bit of consulting. saying he said about the possibility of coming in and, and helping out with both squads, um, but per, more f- to support the coaches as much as the players, if that makes sense. I think there's a lot of always a lot of support for, for players, and sometimes it's the coaches who need a bit of support and sounding boards, etc., etc. And also just to any observations on the environment, culture, and all those things. Some neutral person who hasn't got an agenda was sort of. The brief. Hopefully, there's obviously talent. Uh, there is in both squads. There's obviously talent, and there's some proven performers, which is, you know, the the bit that, I suppose, hits me in the eye that in the best way is it's a sacrifice, and you know, and it's pure because you know we the, we win the nets at half six today, and there's lads travelling from Glasgow, getting up at quarter four etc to get there, and you know and that's proper and then these boys are not doing it for big bucks and money and everything they're doing it for the glory of the share and the love of playing for, for, for the team for Scotland etc etc and that's that's what as a coach really gets you going and, and that's what's hit me in the eyes, yeah there's the obvious bit of talent and this that but it's this this sacrifice and desire to be the best you can with without some of the trappings that you get with other elements of the game.
0: And you've done some work with the, uh, with the women's squad as well down in in Loughborough and I understand in, in, in April this year yeah, as well, so, yeah. so, so what kind of, um, of experience uh, have you had with, uh, with him? But I think it, the, 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 it was very similar to
3: you know, Steve Knox's outstanding, it, it was to try and what you hope you do when you go in anything is to help validate what he's doing and reassure. not reassure. he doesn't need reassuring but giving a confidence I guess that you know, everything is good and sometimes you know, if there's, if there is anything you know, it's sometimes even like with Steve and with um, Shane here too. You don't have to do everything. You know, to you can step away slightly and create time and things like that. And I know from the own point of view, you can sometimes be so much in it, you can't sometimes see. So that's sometimes the beauty of extra eyes. But I've just been so impressed by both head coaches, but all the coaches, um, and it was similar with the girls for the blokes. The, the desire, you know, again, they came to Loughborough for that camp that I was involved in. You know, they got in at midnight, at half twelve at night. Um, you know, they were on deck at eight in the morning type of thing, and everybody just got on with it. Did a fielding session outside in in late November, and I was freezing an hour and a half they did, didn't it, moaned, which is, is again, which is great. And we take, and maybe the people say it should be the norm, but it isn't. Mm. You know, and I was a professional sportsman, I've been very lucky in some of the environments and people get precious and we moan and when you get back to actually this is what this is why we're doing it. You know, it's not about um, big IPL contracts, it might be for some of these people down the line, but at the moment it's not, it's just about being getting better as I said, representing your country and that, there's nothing more pure than that, is it? <laughs>
4: originally from, from South Wales, um, studied t- at Teesside University and I originally wanted to be a sports therapist which was a physio, phys- physiotherapist and uh, I transitioned into strength and conditioning applied for an internship at Hampshire Cricket, uh, obtained that role uh, and then I was very fortunate then um, since 2013 to continue to work at Hampshire and now recently transitioned of course into uh, to, to Cricket Scotland so worked at Hampshire Cricket since 2013 worked as an intern and assistant and then was head of SNC there and then recently took a performance-based role uh, which is really nice and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time at Hampshire Cricket and, and learned a lot about the game, individuals and um, hopefully now I can apply that to, to Cricket Scotland.
0: Yeah, I mean just watching the, um, the warm-ups that you were taking the, the guys to just then, I mean it, it, seems, it seems to be as much about kind of building them as a team as about the kind of individual strength and conditioning.
4: Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's actually a lot of co- covert sort of learning that's going on there. Um, and that's what I try to bring, uh, and, and hopefully that's going to give us an edge moving into a competition, and uh, reflected in you know profiling information, testing the way the guys uh, perform on the pitch. So uh, yeah, I I'll, I'll like to bring a bit of funkiness to it and, and keep it fun and interactive. Yeah, oh, it certainly was that. So what have your impressions been then of the uh,
0: of the squad of the? Of the talent base within it, and of course the dedication within
4: it. Oh, I'm, I'm just super impressed with the, how the guys operate. They're, they're self-sufficient. They're, they're autonomous. That you know that they've had some great uh, support through through Cricket Scotland, of course, and also the Scottish Institute of Sport. And I, I, I have been really impressed on the way they go about their things. Um, I think. Uh, you, you, when I, I've come from obviously Hampshire cricket and a lot of the guys uh, they do rely on you quite a lot to, to tell you exactly what the needs to be done on a daily basis and everything to be set out and structured but actually these guys they're happy to to, to function on their own they know exactly what they should be doing uh, and I'm just here to, to facilitate a process really so yeah super impressed.
5: We've got a nice routine you know we've got an optional training session at six if people want to come in and I think everyone's been to most of these sessions at 6am so that just kind of shows itself, dedication and I think sometimes 6am till 8pm so it's been long days and um, Monday was 6am, MES to Fetties for three hours of skills work, then up to Orion, great facility at Orium, uh, a lot of fielding fitness, and then in the gym and then home to sleep for about 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty early start usually, uh, obviously these half-six. Uh, early morning sessions and this morning was a bit icy so quite tough to get in um, but yeah no really enjoying the 6:30 a.m sessions you know it's nice to get into a, a routine I think you know that's something that um, we've all really enjoyed so far of the last block um, so yeah 6 30 to late at, um, at MES um, and then the usual routine uh, breakfast at the Raven uh, with
6: a few of the squads and then yeah down here at, at 10 o'clock for the uh, session at Fetties pretty much every day mon- uh, monday tuesday wednesday some sort of conditioning i think we've got two cricket based sessions as well and there's a gym session so you're looking at about six probably six 5 to 6 hours of work a day spread out through the day so they're, they're long days as well but you know in in some ways it's quite relatable to a game of cricket you're out there all day so but you know lads are pushing really hard at the moment and guys are really putting themselves straight you know these weeks are really good for us
5: and pushing fitness wise and getting everyone where they need to be for the start of the season i mean i think three times this week we started it, a uh, well person I've been up at 5am to get to uh, MES for 6, and you know the long days but I think the rewards will come near the end of the year when we're in Australia battling out against the best in the world, so uh, putting in the hard yards just now and getting the rewards later, I think that's how it works out.
3: Tomorrow got a day off, um, but obviously we've got two more gym sessions, we need to fit in ourselves during the week, so I'll be four gym sessions a week, so two more Friday and Sunday and then back training Monday again.
0: What's really struck me watching is the the mixture of kind of team building type activities, even the strength and conditioning yeah. stuff was based around team building, and then balanced with the the individual skills as well.
6: Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely something that we had to address, but something that I think all good teams have. Um, I don't say our slipped at all, but I think if it grows and grows, then it's almost a good thing. And it's definitely since Nick's been in, I know Shane's massive on it, um, just lots of kind of team building, everyone sticking together, and yeah, especially fitness-wise, it's. Really hard, but it's quite a nice feeling once you all finish it together. So hopefully, I'll stand some instead when we when it's uh, when we're fighting on the pitch as well. Yeah, it's good to get a bit of competitive edge. Um, everyone's quite competitive, so those those games turn get quite intense quite quickly, um, which is good. And it just pushes you that extra little bit. Um, but yeah, it's good to do, especially running box. It's a lot easier when you've got the whole team team doing it rather than doing it yourself. We even did it outside the other day in the blizzard. Not quite sure if I would have done it by myself in the blizzard, but as a group we all just yeah, chipped in, got stuck in, and it was yeah it was good work. As opposed to maybe in the past it's been a bit more individualised and you probably do things on your own. Actually we're working together as a group and just pushing each other a bit harder. You know some some ways there's that always that competitive element between the boys. Um, so there's been a lot more of like competitive challenges and you know fitness sessions where you're pushing each other as hard. And I think you get more. I think we're getting more out of each other that way. Where it'd be quite uh, you know demoralising when you're doing it on your own, but as a group we're really. We're pushing the boundaries a bit now, I think, and hopefully we're going to see some decent results in the next couple of months. We're always trying to find new ways to sort of push ourselves to the next level. Obviously, we want to be a top 10 nation and, you know, we're not blessed with the facilities of other countries. We see, we see that in the, even in the associate world. So guys are finding different ways to, you know, practice facing real quick bowling or real tough conditions when it's spinning. Uh, so you're going to see guys like using the side sidearm's incredible from short distance and just peppering them. So things like that, like you're just finding making the most of it, obviously it's not ideal, but guys are in at 6.30 in the morning at Mary Erskine at the moment hitting balls and you know, we're three hours at Fettes today where guys are going to get peppered and practising all the variations, so we, we're trying everything we can to make ourselves a top 10 team. Yeah, and padded up and ready to go. Ready to get back out. Good stuff. Cheers Thanks Matt. No worries.
2: Oh,
0: Matt Cross there, and before him, Mark Watt, Dylan Budge, Craig Wallace, Hansa Tahir, and Ollie Hares. What shone through those interviews, and in what I witnessed myself, was the sheer dedication of, of everybody that's involved. How is that from your from your perspective?
2: Yeah, something we've, we've focused really a lot on over the last four or five weeks is a lot more, um, you know, a little bit of bonding in terms of team, doing a lot more as, as a team. It's something that the players have fed back to us. They want to do more, more activities as a team. Now, in a in a successful cricket team, um, you need you need individuals that are putting in performances. But ultimately, you know you want you want everyone functioning in a team environment that understands their roles and understands what it takes to be successful. And I think a lot of the time, you you need to be doing a lot of more team stuff together to to achieve that. So. So, um, so what we've really focused on, and someone like Nick Carimousis, the new uh, strength and conditioning coach that has come in, he's he's done a lot more team activity-based um, training. So that includes uh, not only work in the gym, but a little bit of uh, you know problem solving in terms of off the field stuff, and uh, you know splitting into groups and having far more chats, positive chats around how we can you know achieve this as a team, etc., etc. And then um, we've tried to take that into our sessions, and we've done various activities like um, fitness challenges as a group. Um, we've looked at we've been in an escape room one of the days where we split into a couple of different teams and had to escape this room and work out how to get out of this room within an hour. It was really brilliant. So we've done a lot of team based stuff and we're really hoping to take that forward into La Manga when we get there. We've got a lot of, you know, team activity and challenges we're gonna do there with a, a far bigger squad than we have been doing that with currently. So so it's also good to have a bit of fun when you're training. I think um, There's nothing wrong with working hard and and enjoying it uh, at the same time. Grant, I
0: guess following on from that, um, when we were chatting last week, you asked me a really interesting question. Would I rather have a world-class coach coaching me for four days or a very good coach for four weeks? And you said the very good coach because it's about having that time to make a difference. So I guess my follow-up to that is, as a coach, would you rather have two world-class players... The type of players who could change a match with a, a moment of individual brilliance, or a team of good to very good players who operated as a unit. In other words, if you had to go one way or the other, is a successful cricket team more about individual or collective skills?
1: You know, on both fronts. You know, the, the world class person is someone that we really we really want to have in our in any setup, whether on a coaching or a playing side. Uh, I think the the key element here is is what resides in that person i personally have coached teams where where there have been world-class players as shane would have done you know if i can recite one one example a kevin peterson in the Dolphins setup added a lot of value because he came with a world-class attitude so you know for me i would rather have the 11 individuals with world-class attitudes Mm. that collective energy of the 11 would add up to a very good output if the world-class player had a world-class attitude he would only add to those 11 energies you can't put it so if if you had one or two in there that would be a, a an even greater output the only question is do you get that do you get that commitment and um that's the a little bit of the innuendo maybe the wrong word or a little bit of the sarcasm in in, in that statement is that sometimes you they they do come encumbered with a different attitude you see in some of the soccer teams etc so for me the 11 energies would always be the 11 individuals would always be bigger if and the world-class person would would not be included if he doesn't come with a world-class attitude and that's what Shane is looking for in the Scottish side is all the chats all the all the, uh, the the people that that bring um their fitness side, Louise with her psychological side, all the role players are trying to promote a world-class attitude, which hopefully will turn into a world-class output. Is that something that can be learned, do you
0: think? I'm thinking of... The the example that comes to mind is a player like Justin Langer, for example. Absolute world-class player, but not a player that you would say with the natural talent of, say, an Adam Gilchrist who could just, you know, just do it uh, naturally, but worked so... Hard on his game and and became the player that he became. So is is that something that is that it's possible to to develop over over time?
1: I'll start off and then I'll pass over to Shane for his views. You know, we both we had a guy like Quentin de Cock in our strikers side when Shane and I were working together and. Um... You know, he always had an appetite to work. You know, he didn't have a great ap- appetite to work uh, at his school books, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I will say. I, I won't put my teacher on that. For but that anyway, bit, yeah. he didn't love school. Maybe none of us did. I, I personally liked it. But anyway, but he came with a world-class attitude again. And, and it's from the time you wake up in the morning until you leave your, 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 your uh, place of work. And th- it's funny. If you love something, you'll, you'll want to be involved in it. If you love your wife, you'll want to be involved with her the whole day. You know, you don't want to leave her. You want to come back home and spend more time with her. And from that love of something and for a daily exercise of of wanting to be involved and get better, you never leave a day the same. You either leave better or worse. You will end up becoming better and better at what you do. And yes, you know, most of us are born with 70% ability, 7 out of 10. Diet, attitude, work on your fitness, etc. Throws you up towards 80 and maybe... Towards the geniuses, the Villierses, the Coleys, the the Warns, who who reside in a very special area, and you can close that gap. Yes, Shane.
2: Yeah, I just think you know we speak about world class, and world class is a it's a big term to throw around, but they all have something in common. You know, these these guys, whether whether it be not only cricket, if you look at other sports, they, they all have similarities in terms of their work ethic. You know. Um, Many people have spoken about ten thousand hour rules and et cetera, et cetera, and I'm not saying that that's all it takes to make it. But there's a whole bunch of attributes throwing them all together, and one of them is hard work. Um, You know, all the the really top players I've played with, all you know, we look at all. I hear stories of Steve Smith very hard to get him out the nets. You know, he hits a lot of cricket balls. Um, So I think I think there's no secret to success. I think um, I think um, the fundamental basics are sometimes good enough to get you to the top. I've seen many players who. Maybe aren't as talented as, as, as some others that have made it through sheer work rate, um, and I think here in Scotland uh, we we've got a lot of players with that are that are extremely talented, but they're also prepared to work hard, you know, and that's that's going to take them to a, uh, another level, I think.
0: And looking more generally, I guess back at Scottish cricket, um, what do you see as the strengths of Scottish cricket, and where would you say that the work is still
2: is still to be done? I think we all have a common goal in that we want to become a full member. I think um, you know not only for financial reasons, but I think this playing group has achieved some great things over the last few years. And I don't think it's about you know necessarily getting credit for those achievements, but I think this unit is working towards something that that is far larger than we currently sit with. Um, you know, I think salaries are, are something that players deserve to to grow. Um, I think uh, more players deserve to be looked looked after and. Um, you know that's not having a go at our organisation because I believe that Cricket Scotland is doing their utmost to look after these players and give them the support that they require to make it to the top and to become world class. But I think um, I think this playing unit has got a common goal and that's and that's to achieve full membership. I think I think we're also not just setting our sights on on qualifying for World Cups and and always having to win those must win games. You know that that almost needs to become the norm. So these players are trying to set standards of you know how do we how do we actually go about beating full members on a, on a regular basis and not just making the, you know, that, that one great result in every two or three years when it does come about. So um, I think there are common goals. I think you know, as a coaching staff too, we have, we have goals of you know, wanting to become better. And I think as long as you have the attitude of every single day, we're willing to learn and get better. And, and like Morg says, you know, leave that little bit better every single day. I think um, as long as we have those common goals, we'll keep moving
1: forward in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with Shane, you know, in terms of um, Scottish cricket has does have challenges too, if you go deeper into the pipeline, um, of continuing to produce a type of cricketer who can swim at the next level and not just keep his head above water. You know, we'd like to receive, if you use, uh, if you put them in the ocean and, and uh, uh, you can use the walk and run analogy, but let's stay with this, the swimming one. We don't want, we don't want a, a, a paddling a cricketer who's just trying to stay above water we want someone who's comfortable who can who can glide through it and who's, who's really moving at the next level and ready to go and that's not easy you know there are a lot of there are a lot of challenges with regards to facilities with regards to climate with regards to exposure to the game you know it's not a national sport yet so it's a fairly popular sport but it's not the biggest sport around uh, I don't think you know I still have to learn a bit more but I'm, I'm just saying that off the cuff and um, it's a challenge for, for the coaches at those levels too. and uh, We, we are getting involved in the A side and the people below at Academy Under 19 and age group level to produce uh, a, a product for Shane that, that, that he can virtually instantaneously um, use to either create competition and if there are injuries and, 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 and people moving on in their careers and retiring, that it's a seamless band of, of, of quality so that we don't suddenly lose momentum and and fall quickly away from a from a place that's very close to full membership, and you work very hard to get there, but it can fall away very quickly. So, you know this is a this is a cutthroat uh, environment, and we have to all work together to, to, to make it uh, continually so that we can continually surge at the at the at the, the 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 mountaintop that's so close.
0: Well, it was absolutely brilliant to watch you at work. The other day and it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you both uh, both tonight as well thank you for your time and what's been a really fascinating insight into into what you do thank you Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. shane berger and grant morgan many thanks to them and thanks once again to you for listening ian Leggett and myself will be back very soon with plenty more to enjoy before the season begins including all the build-up to the big summer internationals against australia and new zealand But until the next time, from me, Jake Perry, goodbye.